as artificial intelligence continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation that we can't ignore, AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. With over 750 specialized hackers in their community, HackerOne isn't just theorizing. They're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large organization, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI dash safety dash security. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live small group cohort based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us go to gigantic.is that's gigantic.is and save your seat for our january cohort your potential is gigantic and we're here to help you reach it go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. I'm Michael Saka. I'm Joelle Steiniger. And I'm Matt Goldman. And we're having 20-minute talks with entrepreneurs teaching you how to launch your product into revenue. Check out our book at howtobuildarocketship.com to reserve your launch discount and to download a free chapter. Today on the podcast, we talked with David Sherry, founder of Death to the Stock Photo, and we chatted with him about the importance of authenticity. He shared with us what they do to keep high-touch engagement at the forefront of all their community-building efforts, and how they're able to grow their list by 10,000 subscribers a month. Welcome to the Rocketship Podcast. We're here with the founder of DeathToTheStockPhoto.com, uh, David Sherry. David, welcome. 
Hey guys, how's it going? Good, good. Um, so to kick it off, give us um, a quick overview of what is deathtothestockphoto.com. Sure. Deathtothestockphoto.com is a website where you can sign up and get free monthly photo packs within different categories uh, sent to you monthly. So they kind of just arrive in your inbox and then the deal is you can use them however you please. So uh, we launched last July and uh, have been kind of growing uh, some other offerings off of that initial launch. Very cool. And you have a quite a fascinating story about founding um, or how you kind of came to this. Yeah. Um, why don't you to kind of take us back to the beginning and how you how you um, launched death to the stock Sure. So like even before that, when I was in school, I was just launching like tons and tons of random project ideas. Like I had a newspaper and I had all these other random things that I'd been kind of like spitting out, but nothing really stuck. So kind of my mentality was how, you know, can I just keep launching new things and then just see if something really takes track? Um, and so death of the stock photo came about for kind of a few different reasons, but I had this goal right out of college that I wanted to take this road trip across the U S and I wanted to figure out you know, how can I hack travel? Um, and so my concept was, you know, now that brands need so much visual content because of Pinterest and, you know, the flow of like how fast Twitter moves and everything, like I knew that brands had this problem of they just need content to work with every single day. So I had kind of this crazy idea that, you know, maybe I could pitch a company somewhere here in town or a company outside of Columbus and say, let me be like your content engine. And like, you know, I'm a recent grad. I don't need much money. Like, I think it was like a 7K budget I was talking with, talking, you know, to them about. And kind of my concept was I would just drive around the country. I would interact with their customers. I would take photos. I do a little video. So it was all that. And so that was kind of my big dream. And it was kind of that, that was the new project I was going to launch. And unfortunately, much every that I pitched said no. Um, and I totally get why I was like, I was just a rogue student. <laughs> so like, I understand, uh, you know, where they're coming from, but I kind of had this still like this burning feeling of like, this is still something people need. And I know that as the internet just gets more and more crowded and you need more and more content, I, I really felt like that was still a problem. Um, and, and so I don't think I understood this exactly at the time, but I kind of started try- trying to rework that premise into different things. So it's funny, me and my co-founder, Ali, actually started just emailing companies saying, hey, if you send us free product, like we'll just shoot it for you and we'll just, as long as we can keep it. Um, so there was kind of like a few different forms of us trying to supply a lot of content to these type of brands. And then eventually it kind of just ended up being like, hey, why don't we just go direct to consumer? Like we're both freelancers full time while this is happening. And we have friends who are designers that are also type of content and we know bloggers who are needing this content. And so it kind of shifted our mindset from, you know, we need a big brand to pick us to do something like that to, Hey, there's a lot of our peers who have the exact same problem on a smaller scale. Um, and so the way we launched was just a simple landing page. And, uh, we just started pulling stuff from our Dropbox accounts. Basically it's like, what photos do we have hanging out that aren't being used? Um, and that's kind of how we got things launched. That's awesome. I mean, the, the photography is incredible. Um, especially if you're able to use it for anything that you want. Um, I would definitely recommend going and, and signing up. Um, so you guys launched and for, for a while it is, it's delivered in your inbox. Is that what you guys right. are going to be doing moving forward or will, will there be an interface where you can go, um, select these photos? 
Yeah, so we launched uh, an interface, and that's part of the way we kind of bootstrapped to get actual revenue, uh, which started in, in December. Um, and a kind of an interesting piece about that is I think we jumped a little bit. We actually got uh, basically 400 people signed up to, from, our, from our list signed up to a premium plan, which the premium plan was double the photos per month uh, and stored and organized for you online. So we kind of had this thought of like, Let's just delight people by just sending them free, you know, photo content to their inbox. It just shows up. They can use it however they want. But also, how can we add more value than the initial thing? Uh, and a lot of people, I think one of their complaints was, I'm getting, you know, huge files in my inbox and it gets lost in email and I have to save it myself. Um, and so that's why we launched the, the premium option there. So I, that's something we're, we're going to work on moving forward. Uh, but we kind of took a step back and we got people signed up for it, but I think we needed to, to work a lot more on our end to make sure that product really over delivered, uh, and what it was. So you, um, you've brought your road trip vision, um, to fruition, right? Um, and you have, have kind of leveraged the community that you've built, um, to fund this road trip. Mm -hmm. Um, tell us a little bit about how that came about. Sure. So, I mean, kind of part of it is, you know, a year ago, almost at this exact same time as when I was pitching companies. So I think part of it was a little bit of me still being like, I know this can work, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and kind of, but doing it on our own terms really versus, you know, waiting for the brand. So it was kind of a, a theme that we knew, you know, we still wanted to do something like that. Uh, but also while exploring kind of how we're going to increase the supply of photography, which is one of our biggest issues really, that we, that we face is, you know, how can we increase the supply? We started doing photographer features of different photographers from just different cities around the country. And, and we would highlight them, they would donate photos. And we'd started talking to them about this idea of maybe helping fund some of their trips if they just gave us photography in return. And so as we got more interested in that concept, we thought, you know, not only do we want to do this ourselves, just, you know, personally, but if we want to test that concept, there's no better way to test it with ourselves first, see how the community kind of reacts to this premise. And then if that works, then, hey, maybe we can help other people do something similar or, yeah. So it was kind of a test, but it was also kind of a personal, uh, I wanted to make that work because I was a little, you know, stubborn and uh, I, <laughs> I felt like it could happen. Yeah. I actually love that about your story because even though you got those no's up front and that would deter a lot of people from making that happen. Um, you guys just got creative and figured out a different way to do it. And that's so cool. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, yeah, it just, it kind of even goes back to why I think I wanted to start a company, which is you can build an asset for somebody else or you can build an asset for yourself. And so I think I'm kind of glad I got no's because at the end of the day, if I had gone on a trip for a brand and I was driving around the country right now, at the end of it, I, you know, yeah, that's maybe a good career move potentially, but I don't have this asset that I can continue to build upon. And so I, I think it ultimately was a good thing because now there's, there's more options on the table, um, you know, with this list and everything. So with Brandisty, one of the things that we really struggle with is kind of the ongoing communication with, with customers that they, they sign up, we reach out to them. Um, we try to get on Skype with them. Um, find out what their need is, but in the the longevity of that relationship um, isn't something that we've really mastered. And I would love to get some insight from you on how you guys have kind of handled the community building aspect, 
and right. how some uh, a startup when you're you're so strapped with time how do you manage how would you recommend people manage that in their day yeah i mean one thing is i definitely bash tasks um so i do a twitter search and i've been bad about it a little recently but i do a twitter search almost every day seeing who's going to talk about you know who's talking about our brand online um and so that's one task where pretty much I will go in and then just respond to everybody, even if they haven't tweeted at us, if they're just talking about our name, uh, then I'll go and I'll respond to all of them. And so that's kind of like one batch you know, task. Another batch task I do is using Google Analytics. I can see who has you know, tracked back to our website, who's linked back to us. And this is kind of a, a tedious process, but uh, I actually read people's blog posts when they use our imagery. So say someone gets one of the photos from our list, they use it on a blog post about cooking or whatever their blog is about. I'll actually read the blog post and then just comment on it like, you know, like like I was actually interested in what they're talking about. And wow. I'll I'll just I'll just tag, you know, from you know, David at Death the Stock essentially. Okay. So I, I, that to me is kind of key for community building. You know, Twitter I, I think works well. Like I, I like Twitter the most as a platform, but I think something like finding how people are using your product and then encouraging them. So it's, you know, I'm happy when someone's using my, my picture in their blog post. And so I can say, Hey, I totally agree. You know, cooking is, is way better with, you know, wheat flour or whatever. And then I can kind of say, and by the way, your imagery on this site has looked great. Keep it up or whatever. Okay. Um, so I, I think that's kind of like another task, I guess, in my mind. Um, and we do a lot of really manual email um, so every, every person who backed our road trip, I emailed personally, uh, and I use reportive. I don't know if you've ever seen that uh, no. tool before, but it, reportive is nice cause it drags in their social profiles in, in the Gmail browser. And so it's kind of a way to quickly understand who they are. It links to their Twitter or their LinkedIn. And so, so you know, not every time cause it's so much, but a, a lot of times I'll, I'll click on their Twitter and just see what they're interested in. And then part of my email dialogue might be about that. So reportive is, uh, it's a Gmail, um, plugin. plugin. Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I, you're, you're grabbing their email, putting it into reportive and then, right. um, w- how much time are you doing researching them? Like, what does your email kind of look like to them when you're writing? It, it's really short. And it's funny because I think you can be really effective without a ton of time. And so our emails are all really short. Like, I mean, everybody who, everybody who, who signed up for our road trip, like we emailed personally, but I get to see where they're from, from their credit card info. And so like an example is like a guy's from Spain. I've actually uh, been to Spain once before. And so I was able to just say, hey, thanks so much for backing it. I love Spain. It's a beautiful country. So I wouldn't say I'm really spending that much time, but I think it's a small detail that, that's effective. Yeah, absolutely. So it's just, it's just holding on to like one little thing. It's like, what do you have in common with them? Are they a designer? And you're like, hey, reach out anytime. I'm a designer too. Or you know, oh, you're from wherever I have family there. Like you just can kind of cling on to one little tidbit and then, uh, it it can be really short. So what are you doing on the growth side of things to continue to build the community? It sounds like you're, you have something really strong going with, with Mm -hmm. the people that you're engaged with. Um, what other kinds of things are you doing to expand that? Yeah. I mean, and, and I'm not sure if this is, if this really works for every project, but I, a lot of like the marketing people I follow talk about how it's, it's better to spend time on your current users and engaging with them and making them happy than it is to, to try to find new ones. So that's definitely something I subscribe to. So honestly, like I, a lot of our growth, I think, comes from tending to the people who are already active on your product. 
um, and figuring out ways that you can engage with them in a way that maybe they can talk about you. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of our community building is more focused on who we have right now than finding new people. But I think that the, the funny part about that is as you community build with the current, you know, group of people you're engaged with, they, they help you find new ones. So are you doing, um, kind of weekly emails outside of, um, the delivery of the assets or are you, um, I know you guys have done a lot with dribble. Um, what are some of the mm-hmm. other places that you're engaging with your community? Yeah, I think dribble is a really good one. And we had, a we, we look for like a lot of collaborations. I think that's like another big piece of our community building is like any way we can collaborate with somebody, like we're going to try to make it happen. So we wrote like a manifesto of like, what is our company about? What's our core values? And instead of designing it ourselves or just putting it out there, we actually found a designer to hand write in their own design style, each piece of the manifesto. And we slowly released it over, you know, a month or two. Uh, so I, I think a lot of, I, I think that really works and it's finding like, just finding good collaboration options, especially with people who, you know, maybe they just have a full-time job and they don't, they don't really engage that much with too many brands, but you're giving them the opportunity to be a part of something that they like. So if somebody likes our platform, they like our mission, we can say, you know, you can be a part of this too. help us, ha- help us hand letter our manifesto or, you know, help us do this. And it really brings them in and lets them be a part of it. And I think that feeling of a little bit of ownership uh, goes a long way as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I could see that being very relevant in our business too. Mm-hmm. Um, getting, cause we work with brands and designers and right, right. getting them involved in, in, in kind of a, a deeper sense would be amazing. Yeah. I think like our brand is like, we try to be super transparent and super off. I mean, authentic authenticity, I think is our, our biggest core value because we see stock photography as the opposite of that. Um, but yeah, I think it's just like about being really open. Like I sign a lot of emails and a lot of like things on Twitter. And I say, if there's any way I can help you reach out. And I, I really mean that. Like I, I don't get too many people responding, so, which is kind of which is kind of good because then I'd be overloaded. But you know, I've had people email me and say they lost their their job at their design. They were a designer at a company and they lost their job and just wanted advice. Or you know, not that I'm the the person with the best advice on all this stuff, but we're really like responsive, I guess. And and it's not just about our product. It's like, hey, we care about you as a person. Email us if you're trying to figure out what what career path to follow. Email us if you're if you bought a camera and you want to learn how to shoot like we're kind of open for any of that stuff and i i think that's kind of like another good just brand perspective to be on is like we're trying to help these people any way we can hey guys i hope you're enjoying the episode i wanted to take a minute to thank codeship for sponsoring the show codeship makes continuous deployment simple and easy and we've actually been happy customers of theirs for a very long time you should go to codeship.io slash rocketship to check out videos and tutorials all about how you can start using CodeShip to deploy your product in a better way. Enjoy the rest of the episode. So in the pre-talk, you mentioned that you guys are getting about mm-hmm. 10,000 signups, uh, 10,000 new signups every month for this mm-hmm. product. Um, and I'm sure that people tweeting about it and spreading the word for you guys is a great way to uh, to get some of those. But I'm curious what the other best sources are? Is it, is it people referencing where the images came from? Is it blog posts that you guys are doing? 
Yeah, I mean, we don't like we, we've been lucky with some of the the press we've reached out to, and I think that has really like it's kind of ignited growth, but it, it never sustains, right? So I think press is great for like getting the ball rolling again. Um, yeah, I mean, I wish I could say it's like one specific thing, but honestly, it's just so many different like community building type things. I will say that like what we built into the name of the product, which I think has really helped us a lot is we're definitely like a mission. And when people talk about us, they all say the exact same thing. Um, and I think that's a good thing for brands to look at is like, how are people describing your company or your value proposition? And pretty much every single person writes the exact same thing when they share about us. Um, and typically it includes death of the stock photo with an exclamation mark at the end. <laughs> um, and so we gave them something to say. It's like, you know, you can find a company, but if there's not like, a ton of clarity about how you could tell someone, I think that's a really good exercise for people to do is listen to people describe your brand and then, you know, what are they saying? And if everyone's saying something different, you probably need to make your messaging something that is a little bit e easier to share. Interesting. So um, if we took a look at, um, I mean, with Brandisty, we're trying to transition into an, an API for your brand. Mm -hmm. um, what suggestions would you have as to where, where we should find our, our community and, and what should we do to engage them? Well, so would the API, would that be directed towards developers? Yeah, so it's directed towards, um, I guess, front-end designers who also code um, and then developers who are handling kind of the, the front-end. Um, like yeah, I think, it's, I think it's more of like a perspective that when you engage with people, it needs to be like, we're trying to help you like do better in whatever you're doing. And so like we see ourselves, like we like to say that we're like, we're like caffeine or we're like coffee for a creative and that like we are, we're just here to like leverage you up. We're trying to push you and the community up and we're kind of underneath our community is the way I almost envision it. So I think tactic wise, I mean, obviously there's good developer communities that I think you want to get in touch with, but I think perspective wise in, and what your language is like reaching out to them, it really needs to be about like your only goal is to like help them accomplish what they want to accomplish. And like your, your goals are kind of irrelevant in the conversation, even though they still get fulfilled when, when you bring on people like that. So, uh, yeah, I think it's kind of just reaching out with that tone of voice and, and providing value any way you can. Yeah. I, I love, I mean, going back to service, right. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And, and really helping people. I, it's such a great message. So just like, yeah, I'd say just sell them really on like what they can do with that API and that you're there to help them accomplish that. Cause we'll, we, we realize, which is pretty interesting, I think is that the real problem that our, our users have or our subscribers have, I really think that they, they want to get more exposure to their work which is such a big core problem that a lot of people have. Mm -hmm. But I really think that people use our photos not because they're the only photos online. There's millions and millions of photos online. But they want their work to get better exposure, and they want a leg up, and they think that if they use higher quality imagery that's more relevant to them, that their friends you know, will see them in a higher light, or they'll get more likes on their post. Or So I think the real when you dig to the real core problem – in my mind, our subscribers really want to get seen, um, and and we help them through the imagery piece. But that's the core problem they have. And so for you, I think selling towards the API, it's like, what's the real problem that they have, and how can you sell them that your API is going to have that vision happen for them? 
Very cool. Yeah. Thank you for that insight. I see that trend actually happen a lot with, with most companies. It, it comes down to, can you make your customer feel like a rock star, or look like a rock star? And you can do that in some of these weird niche B2B things too. Um, but definitely with, with the stock photography, it seems like that would just be explosive. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everyone, I mean, everyone just, wants to look good, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and so I, they just, the, the reason the, and it could be something else, you know, it could be, I mean, we, we could do other things than photography, I guess, but I think the real core problem, if you really ask like, why, why do you care about this stock? Why do you use our imagery? I think it comes down to, they all have their own blogs that they're trying to get exposure on. They all have their own designs that they want to get more likes on dribble on. Um, and so I think our imagery because of the quality allows them to do that. But it's just an interesting thing to really think about is what's the real core problem behind it. Um, and and it, when it comes to that, then it's it's really about helping them become the best designer or best blogger that they can be. And so I think like down the road, we have some concepts about how to further fulfill that that is a little bit tangent to photography. Yeah, very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no problem. It's a lot of fun. And tell us where... Where can we join deathtothestockphoto.com and where can we keep up with you online? Yeah, join.deathtothestockphoto.com. Uh, so hopefully that's easy. But if you type in death to stock or death to the stock photo, you'll definitely find our stuff. Um, and then you can find us on Facebook or Twitter. Facebook is facebook.com slash death to the stock photo. And we're on Twitter at uh, Twitter at death the stock. Cool. Well, awesome. So, Thank you so much. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, thanks a lot, man. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you haven't yet, pop open iTunes and subscribe to be notified of future episodes. We have some really great ones lined up. And while you're there, leave us a review. We really appreciate each and every one of them. I got connects, I'm most locked up, so they just filling my stock up. You think I'm on a naughty list? They just rocking my sock up. These hypes annoying this pop up, so I just dish them red X's. I stay away from the coppers, the lobby stalking like X's. Work fire drills and they exit. The school bell, what's your preference? It's under trees, what's your present? I got to cow for your methods. They light packs rougher than leather. They shut it down, pull a lever. They stuck, can't get past that level. They learn at first like they letters and I can merch. None of they crap be touching my pack. You wanna work? Let me see how you will. My ancestors back, don't care who first. Just better not be getting my money last. Saying that, bring it fast so we can tango for that cash. Pull out your wallet, I get you where you wanna be. Penny proud with this bitch. I'm plenty proud with my business. A running cowboy, I'm in it. I'm good as long as no snitching. So close your mouth, I'm no dentist. That's where the cane, I'm a menace. And drugs been my old dog. I serve a few athletes, leave them lazy as old dogs.